everyone, Paul here. Before we get started with the show, I want to start off with two quick announcements about events that we're going to be at coming up this April. Our first one's going to be at Chic Sin City on April 14th in Las Vegas. It's our last cast soiree. We did one back in December. We had over 70 people show up. It was awesome. And now we're going to take it on the road and do it in Vegas with Chic Sin City and Jasmine. It's going to be an awesome time. We already have over 30 people have RSVP'd, so we expect to see 50, 60, 70 people there. Great chance to hang out and meet other people. We're going to provide food, prizes, games, and also we'll have a very cool swag bag. So do not miss this event. You can RSVP us at Paul at Integrity Lash. That's my email, Paul at Integrity Lash. So go right now to your email and email me right now. Now, our second event is going to be on April 15th, the following day, and that's going to be also at Sheikson City. It's our first ever Lash Cast Elevate business intensive. This is going to be a completely different thing that you've ever seen on the market as far as how to improve and elevate your business. It's for business owners who have employees, business owners who don't have employees, or people who are just thinking about going into business for the first time. We're going to give you tools and teach you about systems that you can utilize right away in your company. Now, our salon has been in business for over 13 years. We do over $1 million in business, and we didn't do it by accident. We did it because we built systems, and we made, enacted those systems and made things work. So that's what this is all going to be about. It's going to be helping you get the tools you need to put in the system so that your company can grow and thrive. Now, the price of this event is $2.98, and you have until, because it's April 15th, one week before that until about April 8th to make that payment. But good news, if you right now go to our link in our bio on Instagram, you can get a deal for $248, $50 off, only for basically until March 8th. After March 8th, it goes up to $298. So right now, go over to our Instagram account, click on the bio, you'll see, you know, Lash Cast Elevate, click on that, and you can make the payment right then and there and lock in your seat. By the way, there are limited seats for this. The soiree is open-ended. We can allow as many people as we can in there. This, we cannot do the same thing. We have to keep it a little bit smaller. We're going to be actually sitting down. We're going to do real work. There's not enough room to have 100 people in the room. So this is something you want to jump on right now and get those tickets before they run out. And We do expect this to sell out. Okay, that's all I have for announcements. Let's get on with the show. Hi, I'm Amanda, and I work at Kissin' a Wink Beauty in Kelowna, BC, Canada, and I am today's guest announcer. You can find me on Instagram at Kissin' a Wink Beauty. Cue the music. In an industry where most of us spend the majority of our time working alone in a room, we wanted to create a podcast where you can learn, be encouraged, and find a connection with other beauty and lash professionals. This is the LashCast podcast, and here's your host, Paul Lubers. Coming to you from the City of Roses, this is the broadcast by Lash Professionals and for Lash Professionals. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We are going to be doing something quite different today. We are going to just have Tusney and I sit here and talk and hang out for a little bit. Um, Erica is on assignment, so we miss her very much, but she'll be back on our next episode, I'm sure. But for now, it's just you meet Tuss. Howdy. We're going to just get into it because today we actually, this we recorded this already once, and this is our second time we're going to try to record this. And that's because this one's a little bit more personal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with listening to other people in our industry, other business owners, whether they're, they own big brands or they own other salons. Or we, just a small, you know, maybe one or two uh, people. Yeah. We've just, we keep hearing, you know, difficulties, mm-hmm. sob stories, things that didn't go well, uh, struggles and all that. And we just thought, why don't we do a podcast talking about kind of things you should be aware of before you decide to launch yourself off and become... Uh, one of two things, either independent operator working by yourself, then that's still a business owner, uh, as Tara will say, an accidental business owner, but you're still an owner. Or maybe you are working by yourself and you're ready for the next, next, next step. You think, I'm going to hire someone. I'm going to go out there and get some more people to work with me and I'm going to you know, work less and go to vacations every other weekend and all that. Uh, so we thought we might help bring some enlightenment, hopefully. Well, maybe maybe those those two things don't pertain to you, but maybe you um, 
uh, have already decided to, to run a business and, and you're running it and you're up against some some unfortunate things that are happening and you're feeling a little bit discouraged or, or yeah. maybe it's not unfortunate. Maybe you're just kind of in a, in a, a doldrum kind of blah place and, and looking for a little bit of motivation and um, encouragement. You may feel like you just need some encouragement. And I, I, I'm, we're here By to By the say, way, I'm going to say this may not be very encouraging what we're about to what say. What I'm trying to say is that you are not alone. That's you it. You are so you, not yeah, alone. you're not alone. Okay? But what, most of what we were going to say is more of a wake-up call yeah. or a warning shot across the bow letting you know, hey, it's it, there's gonna be things you're gonna that are gonna happen that aren't gonna be a lot of fun, and you just make sure you're making a good choice. Well, you want to count the cost, right? Yeah. There's a proverb that says, you know, uh, before you go into battle, you have to make sure that you have the resources to do that. You you got to count the cost. What what is it gonna what is it gonna co- what is it gonna mean in terms of time and money and sacrifice and heartache, right? That's right. So that's kind of what we're gonna do today. And for those of you who are in a little bit of heartache. You are in good company. Yeah. There's many people like you right now, or maybe you're feeling like a little bait and switch happened on you, but we're going to hopefully share this and we'll go from, we'll just see where it goes. Yep. I mean, we have probably more points than we have time, so we'll just do, go as far as we can and then maybe we'll uh, do the sorrows of running the business part two <laughs> at some point. Uh, but anyhow, let's let's get hit the first one. Um, I think the first one, mm-hmm. if you're thinking about, this is more if you're looking to hire staff. Mm. And that is pre-prepared not to do lashes anymore. Mm. I mean, truth is, uh, Tusney was working. She hired a few people and quickly got re- realized, like, there's no way well, the I'm going to be able to. the funny thing was, I, I thought, oh, listen, I need to, I, I, we've all heard this, I, I need to work smarter, you know, not yeah. harder. Yeah. So what's smarter? Smarter means that I've got people working on the days that I'm not working, so when I'm at home and the salon is open, I can be making money, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or, or thinking about, I can be making money in my sleep. Yep. Yeah, that's what I need to do. And it sounded so cinchy, right? So all I need to do is get somebody else and put them in there and, and, and work, and then it's instant money, yeah. right? Yeah. What I found was that um, there, there came a conflict because I had people working, and um, it was... In my mind, it was not my business because it was they're doing something, and I saw it as an imposition. Like if there was a need or something like that, my my immediate what was immediately tugging at my 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 apron string was the client that was right in front of me, mm-hmm. and I had an appointment on the books to take care of that that person. And so somebody who's coming to me with another issue is like like a, a child tugging at your apron string saying, yeah. Mommy, Mommy, I need some help. And you're just like, I got to get this pie in the oven. <laughs> I got to get the dinner cooked. I got to get, you know. You're making dinner while doing lashes? I'm just, it's a oh, metaphor. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just, just, just mm-hmm. trying to track with you. Yeah. And so I would see it as an imposition. And I realized, okay, this, and it was always a source of frustration. Mm-hmm. It was like, I felt like I was always putting out fires. But in, in reality, I wasn't putting any energy into those, you know, preventing or anticipating or pouring into them. And I realized I was being pulled in two different directions. Yeah. And I wasn't giving any attention to the definite needs that were in front of me. So I realized I couldn't do two things at the same time. I yeah, can I mean, do two things at once. Yeah, I mean, when you bring someone on new, you want you need to onboard them is the term, if you want to talk about your HR term here. You're going to onboard that empl- new employee, teach them about the culture, teach you about the systems, make sure they meet your standards of practice too. I mean, I've interviewed a ton of stylists like, yeah, I got hired, and they pretty much said, there's the bed. Go do your work, well, that's, and that's not that's not taking care of your employee. No, that's that's kind of what that, that's kind of what I did in the beginning. It was like, okay, shame it's, on you. I know, shame, 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 and I got what I deserved. But um, it's like A burnt pie. Yeah, I got burnt, <laughs> burnt pie, and everybody the villagers riding because they wanted a fresh pie. I, I just realized that I had to plan differently. I had to look at the whole thing completely different. They weren't an imposition. It was important. Yeah. I had to take a step back and I had to actually take myself off the floor or hire someone. Hire somebody. Because so you would, res- I remember even, it still struggled, I think, for you mm-hmm. at times to not be resentful. Like you're trying to take care of your client and your clients are paying a lot. They're, mm-hmm. Your clients are a higher price point and they're very high end clients. I mean, all our clients are, in, but at the same time, some of these clients have been with you for 10 plus years. And so you feel a very sense of loyalty to take care of them. And then you get pulled in different directions. Mm-hmm. It can be very frustrating as the owner to have someone come in and say, Hey, I need help with this. Or front desk miss is, is, had to step out for lunch for a second. And guess what? 
Mm-hmm. FedEx shows up and all mm-hmm. of a sudden you're being pulled out and have to sign for a package while a client's like, wait a minute, why are you leaving me to do that? Or, right. or I'm texting you about something. So mm-hmm. you're being hit up all the time, left and right. So when I was following the path of least resistance, when I first started that experiment, I kind of let people just do their own thing. I wanted people who were self-starters. I wanted people who I didn't really have to train how to talk to people. I didn't have to. They were yeah. already super dynamic and super amazing and super charismatic. And I just said, here's the room, here's their stuff. And they kind of had to figure it out themselves. So why is there any ownership? Why would there be any loyalty to me? Because I haven't really invested in them. them. They're they're figuring out the problems themselves. They're they're doing their own thing. And it worked for a short time until it didn't anymore. And I realized that that's not building a team. That's throwing people to the wolves and letting them sink or swim or figuring it out, you know, and it didn't create the kind of team dynamic that I wanted. And, um, you know, I wasn't growing leaders. I was just pushing people off. Yeah. And, and then you hired, then we, you did finally hire someone. And unfortunately the two choices, either you go off the floor or like a lot of people do, maybe they work half time on the floor and the other half they manage and take care of business or, uh, you hire someone. Yeah. That's kind of your two choices. You, you can't do it all. You can't be working 40 hours in the room and then expect to do all the side work and all the managing right. and all the training and all the, you know, that stuff. That's not going to happen. And you don't want to do what I did. I hired somebody um, to <laughs> run the books. That it was not I, me at that point. It was not Paul. So I'll, t- you know, uh, didn't vet this person because I didn't, I did not know what I did not know. And I thought that by relating to somebody like as a friend, you, yeah. you like them as a friend, therefore they're going to be a good uh, employee. Uh, and it doesn't work that way. Those no. are, there's a completely different skill sets, completely different relational sets. And I didn't understand the importance of, uh, I didn't understand that. No. And, and as a result, Tusney hired a person and brought her on and we lost thousands of dollars because this person got into financial bind and she needed money and she had access to our accounts and just took it out. And that, really hurt, but it's because we didn't vet her. Also, we didn't put any systems in place to have a check and balance. She didn't think anyone was watching. And so when you're not accountable, you you kind of do things in the dark that other people won't notice or see. Here's the thing. I just assumed that she would know how to run what I needed her to run. And I didn't know to ask the questions, can you do this? You know, But it wasn't even that, that she was dishonest and she stole from the that's company. True. That's not, That's not a matter of knowing. The problem is we didn't have systems in place to keep her accountable. If we had put in the reporting system in mm-hmm. place, so when all the money is deposited, we see the report, we're like, oh, okay, that, that's a normal see, day. I, I, if we didn't have that, if we had that in place, then she would have known that she couldn't have done something that she did. And we can't open the door for her to allow her to slip in and do that. And that's our failure it is of our not failure. building the systems to hold people accountable to keep the place running smoothly and thus you know bad things follow yeah like i said i did not know what i didn't know so i so the thing is is that if you're hiring somebody for a certain position or you have to have it all figured out what i'm tara walsh talks about this if you hire somebody to do a job like even if it's uh editing pictures you have to give them the framework and the tools that they need to be able to do that job you have to know what that is you can't just say here do it and just expect them to yes to read your mind that's that's what i'm trying to Say. No, that's true. You you need to equip them for success, mm-hmm. and that's your job as the owner or manager of your salon to equip your staff to do their best. And when you don't, it's your fault when things don't work mm-hmm. out. It's mm-hmm. your fault, and that's why we blame. I mean, most of the stuff where employees didn't work out with us, it's almost hundred percent. I'd say it's our fault. Yeah, absolutely. I don't blame anyone who worked for us who's no longer here, uh, because we. We're, we'd sometimes try to put a square peg in a round hole. We mm-hmm. saw someone, and I don't know if they're going to work out, but we still hired them anyways, just hoping because we were desperate for a, a team member that we just throw them in and that they would somehow change. Yeah. That's unfair for us. And other times, like earlier when we first started, very little hands-on as far as equipping we them and training them. We didn't know what we needed. We didn't in terms of uh, character. Uh, I mean, loosely, but we didn't even know how to vet that. How do you determine how do you determine if somebody's honest, if somebody's hardworking, if somebody's caring? It, it, you know, when when you're interviewing somebody, they're almost always going to be putting their best foot forward. Of course, you, you have to figure out how to. For instance, let me just share this mm. about interviewing. And mm. interviewing in itself is a skill. And don't worry if you've. Just started. You're going to be horrible at it, and you may think you're amazing. I, you're I guarantee you're going to talk not. too much for sure. Yeah, you're going to talk too much. And not <laughs> only that, um, I mean, I talk about half what I used to. I used to talk 
probably at least half the time. And my interviews would go for two hours. We used hours. to try to sell people. Yeah, like, I hey, we're amazing. It's like, no, no. We actually try to make it almost sound terrible. I, I actually <laughs> tell, I now tell people, like, I'm going to give you reasons why you don't want to join our staff. Exactly. And that way, if they can get past that, then they really want to work here. Um, and, and so to kudos to all of the staff that's here right now, because I think most of them, or at least the more recent ones the last couple of years, I discouraged more than I encouraged. But a side note about questioning, like, just a tip on this. Uh, when you do questions, don't get, I, I've stopped doing this. I never, I never give scenarios anymore. Like, tell me a situation when you, a person was frustrated. How did you handle it? Or tell me a, a situation, because they're always going to tell you the perfect answer. They will. They'll be like, oh, well, first I, I informed my manager and let her know that we have a situation. And then I went and told the client. Dah, dah, dah. And they, it's 100%. And then I, you know, once you they get hired, all that goes out the window. You're like, wait a minute, I thought you knew how to handle stressful situations, but now that you're here, you don't have no clue. So over the years, we've learned that you got. So do what's that. your secret then? My secret is, uh, <laughs> it's taken me eight years mm. to develop my questions that I have, and some of them are awkward now. I, I legitimately just ask. I don't answer. Th- I don't ask questions like, you know, if you could be a tree, what tree would you be? Because I know those some of those silly, obscure ones are. Na- if you were a boat, what, what boat would you be? Yeah, I, who cares? That doesn't really tell me anything about you, other than that you're really creative. I'm trying to find out three things: Are you humble? Are you hungry? And are you smart? Smart. I mean, people smart. Are you able to relate well? Talk well? Think quick on your feet and, and make and sound and be comfortable in the conversation. Now, humble means. I'm going to ask you a bunch of t- different ways where you're going to have to tell me where you're not good at something. Mm. And you're going to have not, don't tell me they're your perfectionist, by the way. I, I don't fall for that anymore. Oh, you're perfectionist. How horrible. I, I hate to have someone who wants to be a perfectionist. No, that, that's probably the most common cop out. I'm really hard on myself. I'm really hard on myself. I really, you know, and sometimes I, I just don't know when to stop. You know, I just, you know, what employer wants I to hear? I too you know, much. Yeah. What employer wants to hear? I have an employee who just, they're an animal. They'll work 20 hours if we need them. Like those are not the things. No, there that, was a scene in that movie, Train Spotting. I, I know I'm showing my age here when I say that, but yeah. um, Train Spotting, Ewan McGregor. Um, and it, it's, it follows like a couple of drug, drug addicts and as they're trying to make their way in the world and overcome addiction. But one guy who is a complete addict goes in for a job interview and he looks like an addict. And the guy says, so can you tell me some of your, um, faults? And he's Mm -hmm. like, well, I'm a perfectionist. I mean, it it just was really funny because of the way he looked and, you know, it's very clearly not Not a perfectionist, perfectionist, but anyway, that's just burns in my mind. Yeah. So I know what we can do and I'll have to make a note here and that is we can, I, I can't, I won't put everything on cause it's, it's I, I literally have probably now 40, 50 questions. I don't ask them all. I just, they just help me get started. And then I go where the, the conversation takes me. And I, and when I run it to the end line and I jump on another question, and I go with that one. I usually, I try to follow up more where their path is, what they're saying versus just, and, and also other things I've done is sometimes going to walk with them. Mm-hmm. Um, people are more comfortable when they're outside the office and things like that. So what I could do is I can create a list and maybe we can put that as a download or may I'll put that actually in our last cast or yeah. group. That's where I'll put it. If you go to our last cast page and join, Join it. I'm going to put in there a list of interview questions, and you can join our group, and you can get that and download it. So if you're thinking about hiring, you'll at least have some questions that will get yeah. you off the, off the ground. The reason why you want to go for a walk or, or, or have it uh, outside the, the formality of, of your space, it's, it's a neutral space, and we're really trying to see how they relate as a person Um you know, without those filters on. And it creates more more opportunities to see uh, who they are as a person and yeah. as they interact with the community and, and the people in front of them. Yeah. We've seen that where someone interacted with a, a person who was interrupting them and they were incredibly rude. Yeah. And you're like, okay, not, not, not someone we candidate. want, not a good mm-hmm. candidate. I mean, if they're going to be rude to someone else while during the interview, I, I, I don't want indication. that person in our salon. Exactly. So the, the key is to try to f- uh, either get out of that comfort zone um, just to see what's under the surface. Exactly. That's what you want to do. Right, well, we, we sidetracked on that one. Let's get back to uh, talking about the business and mm-hmm. what you need to have your head around or things you need to be aware of if you're thinking about starting on your own or hiring. Another one was just because you're a great stylist doesn't mean you're going to be a great 
business leader. Mm-hmm. I it think, doesn't mean you can't grow to that, yeah. but it's going to take some bumps and bruises yeah. and some failures along the way because when you're learning how to walk, you are going to fall down. Um, so if you're not a good leader, uh, in order to get there, you're going to make some mistakes. Yeah. I mean, if you spent your whole life not being a good leader, let's say, cause you've never been a leader, maybe you never had, ran a club in school, maybe with your friends, you were always the one that just kind of followed along. Maybe you've worked in companies and you were never a manager. You just were, you know, a line support. employee support. That's okay. By the way, change is good for all of us. And maybe that's time has come for you to grow and change, but just realize if you've never led before, it's going to be, even for me, I, most of my life, I always was like president of clubs and organizations and higher management, and I ran things, and I was in charge, and I had other businesses, so I've done a lot of stuff, but even then, when I came to here, I, I was not a good leader, and I think I, in fact, I realize now, because of hell is experience, I thought I really was. You were, which is even more dangerous. Yeah, that's even more dangerous, you think yeah. that you think that you know. I think I'm amazing. And here, here, here it is, when you're wrong, and, and, and you look back on it, um, and you don't know that you're wrong, it, it doesn't feel you have, there's no internal indication that you're wrong because when you're wrong, you still feel right. Yep. So you, really, you don't know what you don't know. You, it's really important <laughs> to be humble so that you can say, perhaps it is me. And being self-aware and yeah. being able to see yourself truly as you are, not in this warped you know, perspective that you're you know, you know, great and perfect. What kind of helped me a little bit, um, is watching Hotel Impossible or The Prophet, you know, yeah. with Marcus Lemonis. Um, you guys can see it on Amazon or Hulu. But, or um, on TV, like yeah. most of the cable. We don't have that. Shark Tank. <laughs> but the Hotel Impossible is really funny because you you see, you know, basically Anthony Mercury goes to, um, he's a hotelier, and he goes to all these little mom and pop um, uh, hotels. hotels. yeah. And tries to tackle, it's like a Tabitha takes over, t- tackle the problems and, and get it up and going. And But not as fake as Tabitha was. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and but so you see some of these owners like really married to their, uh, their, their concept ideas and they're doing things that are unhealthy and un, unproductive to the, to the staff. And when you see other people throwing tantrums and behaving badly, it's like, so in some ways I, th- I saw a little yeah. bit of myself there and I was like, yeah. Oh, heaven forbid there, but for the grace of God go I, and I don't want to be that person. Yeah. So, um, so what's important is to invest in training, like learn how to be a good leader. Like we've mm-hmm. shared, I think entree leaderships and our great podcast that really focuses on leadership and there's tons of books. I would just mm-hmm. look for books that talk about leadership. Bill Maxwell and so forth. These people write books. Pat Lencioni. Pat Lencioni. A lot of these people, um, Simon Sinek, uh, these people write about leadership and mm-hmm. they're people you should be following. Um, I know self-development's important and there's a lot of self-help books out there, but I think some of these books are a little bit more foofy and I, you really want people that give you real meat and potato stuff to change you. In terms you. of the business aspect. In business, yeah. You know? There's yeah, you personal can, stuff you can you learn. You can do yeah. that on, on your own too, but it doesn't replace the actual business training. Yeah, like leadership training is different than this self-development, self-growth. Mm-hmm. Like learning to care for yourself, learn... Learning how to say no. No, the no. no. That's, that's, that's kind of more like personal development, but learning how to lead, learning how to communicate, learning how to um, control yourself, your emotions in the middle of a, a stressful situation, or how to be, have be better, more discerning when things are, when you have to, a really tough decision to make, how do you cut it? And also getting coaching, you know, getting, you know, someone alongside with you. There's ways that there are plenty of companies out there that do coaching, like we said, strategies. I know Tara Walsh. Um, and other things to do you can look into is joining a mastermind or creating your own mastermind. Find three or four other business owners that you can get together and say, hey, you know what? Can we just meet once a month? I just, I always am faced with problems and difficulties and getting to meet with other leaders is going to help rub off on you, especially people that you look up to. Don't, I would try to go find a salon and it doesn't have to be a lash salon, just any salon where you see someone that looks like they're killing it. They look successful. They have a growing salon. They've been around for five, 10, 15 years. And I, I would say, can I maybe meet with you and buy you coffee and ask you questions once every quarter, like four times a year and all that. So you can find someone who can mentor you. So mentoring, uh, or find, making a group of people, those type of things, that's where you can, you know, rub shoulders with people and grow and develop your leadership skills. So I think that's really important and something that you need to focus on if you're ready to start your own business or, you know, hire, you know, mm-hmm. really in that mm-hmm. sense. Um, another thing too, to remember, I think is running a business will always be a struggle. Mm. I don't think, <laughs> 
you know, I, I think sometimes you see some of these things online where people are promising, like, take control of your life, you know, and, and I know they mean well and all that. And I know that they're they're trying to help you have hope because I think many people running a business have are like, oh, diminished, I don't, hope. diminished hope. And they're just like, they're just looking for something to give them a kick in the butt, a little a little spark or a little, you know, kick in their step to make them go, I, I can do this. I can do this. And, and you know what? You can because, you know, there are systems and there are ways that you can do things smarter. But at the same time, never, ever think, I know one day I'm going to go to work and it's going to be like in a Disneyland, you know, oh, singing birds yeah. world where everyone's happy. Happiest place on the earth is now at my work. And I'm sorry. It just, it's, it it's doesn't exist. It's an impossible dream. It's not going to happen. It, there's always going to be fires to put out. There's always going to be parts of jobs that you just don't like to do. I mean, just today, I mean, we show up at work today and we're like, okay, we're going to shoot this video and we're going to do our podcast and we have a block of time, which we don't normally have. Yeah. And then the first thing I find out, I walk in is we're, we're changing our banks and um, the bank comes in and says, oh, we, this information is missing. We didn't get it. I'm like, okay. So I take care of that real quick. Then um, I've, we have another employee who was sick last night and she now gets a doctor's note and she's going to miss two more nights. So that's so three. She's got the flu. Yeah, she's got the thing. flu, which, you know, I'm not, this is not against her. We're not mad with her. We're in far, we're hopefully, she, we say, take the time off. Plus, we don't want anyone else here getting sick. So get better. And that's, but again, we have to move clients. And then I have another employee text me, oh, my hand hurts a little bit. I, I need to back off on the, on the floor. And that requires immediate action. Yeah, that's immediate because so we want to take to. care of her because we don't want her getting you know, injured to the point where she can't work. Usually we, this will happen with, with us. very common. Yeah. Once a quarter or so, we'll have someone's hands get a little sore. And we but have our protocol. you have to move on it. You can't push it. Yeah. And we have a protocol. We immediately jump on it. And usually after a week or two, they're totally back to normal. And everything's fine. But if we, I ignored her and said, no, you're going to work because I have another person sick and we're short hours. Then I, you know. That's a recipe for recipe, disaster. Yeah. And it, it says, well, me not taking care of my clients or my staff first. That's the first problem. But two, um, they lose trust. And also if I freak out, by the way, if I'm like, ah, my gosh, ah, you know, like then that totally loses trust. Like, okay, I, do, I guess I can't tell Paul I'm sick or I'm injured. And, yeah. you know, and there was a time years ago where but I kind of did do like that. that. I would like yeah. have a moment of weakness. I'm like, oh, I'd make a, I, I'd groan. I'm like, oh, okay, we'll take care of it. And here I'm like, hey, it's okay. You know what? You get better. We got you covered. That's why we have a team. Don't worry about it. Yeah. That was me growing as a leader because, you know, in the past and some of our former employees would probably say, yeah, Paul, you weren't always, you know, cool if something went wrong. But that's today. That's all the crap in one hour I had to deal with and, and, and more. We had a client no-show and then try to come back and the second appointment was booked at the wrong time so she didn't come for that appointment. And so it's like these are the normal kind of things Every that, day that day suck. Every day it's like that. Yeah, there's Every always day. little things. And, and we don't normally have no-shows. I mean, we maybe have one or two a month because we've gotten rid of all the clients at no-show, thank goodness. And that's another whole topic sometime maybe we can talk about. But at the same time, you're still going to have them You're going to have there. challenges every single day. Yeah. And the reason why we say this, too, at every level, because we know and there was another son owner last month was sharing some problems she was going through. And, you know, this person's on the outside. You're like, wow, she's killing it. And she's doing fine. But there's some big burdens that she's dealing with right now. And then there was another big brand name that I was talking to or DMing with someone and she was sharing some of the problems that she was going through. And this is a big multi-million dollar company now. And you'd think, okay, it's got to be easier when it gets there. And she's like, oh, no. Bigger, well, yep. Just the bigger the company, the bigger, the, bigger the, problem. the problems. Yeah. The more the money, the bigger the problems too. And the I mean, higher risk. Much higher risk. When you're working by yourself and you're making, you know, 20, 30, $40,000 a year, you know, if something goes wrong and you lose 2000 bucks, you'll, you'll survive. But if you're a company, let's say Barboletta or Sugar Lash or Bella, and they're doing something and they, their companies are millions of dollars. And they're it, inve let's say they're invest. this is complete hypothetical, but they're investing in a new product line yeah. and spend $100,000 on new inventory. And, and there's marketing. a prob problem with the inventory. There's yeah. a problem with the manufacturer. The risk is much higher because the stakes are higher. Yeah. You, you may lose all your product. In fact, we've talked to people who've bought product overseas and it's never come and they're out $5,000 or whatever, $3,000 gone just because they, the company never delivered. And mm -hmm. I know another company, they had two deals with two vendors, and these two vendors backed out at the last second. I you remember know. once, this was early on, this was close to eight years ago. Yeah. Um, 
where um, one of the the complaints was that we needed more product, um, specifically makeup. So I went out and invested in a full line, a couple lines of um, a product, and then a month later, everyone quit. And so here I am sitting on thousands and thousands of dollars of product <laughs> that, we can't move that I can't move, you know. And so that's, and you know, those things happen. Yep. No, no, it's, it's, it's going to happen. To be human is to struggle. Mm-hmm. And I think to get that out of your mind that one day it's going to be easy is... Or those it, things aren't going to happen to you. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you just need to have a realistic view of things. Like... Be okay with the struggle. Like, embrace the struggle. Learn to be like, you know what? Running a business is like, it's like a game. And there's going to be times where everything's going great and you're winning. And there's going to be times where everything goes wrong. Even though you do things right, things just turn on you. And you have to just have that grit and determination and, and, and self-awareness. Say, you know what? This is normal. It's okay. And don't have this f- idea like, well, one day I'll be happy when this happens. If you can't be happy and content in the midst of the struggle, then really maybe business isn't for you. Maybe you should think about something else because it, it's never going to be perfect. It's never going to just all run smooth as, as uh, I, pie is what I was thinking, but I can't think of this. See, <laughs> success isn't getting to a place where these things don't happen. Success just means you never gave up. Yeah. You were always trying still. The things are going to happen every single day, um, every yeah. single season, every single quarter, every single year. Yeah. No, the There's diff- going to be good things and bad things, but the, the the key to the success, and I have to tell this to myself every single day, is that it's just success comes to those who stay in it and yeah. keep choosing to fall and fail and get bruised and pick themselves up yeah. and do it again. And each time, hopefully, you learn a little bit more and you get a little bit better at, avo- at, at avoiding the collisions yeah. and the side swipes and um, y- you're able to maneuver a little bit better. But it, Success isn't the absence of these things, right? It's yeah. doing it despite of them. Yeah, and, and the next thing would be, you know, get comfortable being a failing. Get comfortable being a failure or failing. Yeah, you have to fail. To learn, you have to fail. And if you're not failing, that means you're not trying anything outside your comfort zone, which means you're probably not growing as a person or as a company. You're kind of flatlining at that point. So my favorite, favorite quote, Bill Gates our most unhappy customers are our greatest source of learning. It can also be applied to our, our most unhappy situations. Our most yeah. unhappy emotional states are our greatest source of learning. Yeah. Because if you can say, what? I hate this feeling. I hate this. It sucks. What do I need to do now? What part of my mindset do I need to change? What actual physical things do I need to change? What systems do I change so that I never have to feel this cruddy again? Yeah. Those can be very, very uh, educating. Yeah, and it's okay to fail and not feel like, well, I, I failed, so I should just give up. You know, I mean, sometimes you may fail so bad you should, mm-hmm. but I think for a lot of us, we should just accept the fact that failure is part of the learning process, part of the growing process, part of running a business, and just be okay with it. Don't beat yourself up. Just, hey, I'm learning. That screwed. I hired this person. Didn't work out. My bad. I won't hire that person type of person again. Or, hey, I didn't have that system in place, and then when stress came, everything fell apart because I had no systems. Hey, I, I now know I need to build those systems. Now, there is a point, though, when you, if you keep making the same mistake over and over and over, maybe, again, that's more a reflection on a flaw in you. That means you're not meant to be a leader or you're not meant to be a business so owner. So it doesn't mean you have to give up the company. Maybe um, you just have somebody do the hiring. Or, or hire know? someone that is fills in your weaknesses. I mean, they always, you know, one of the things I, I think I've really appreciated hearing over the years is, like, stop trying to be good at everything. Like, just take that double off Double down on your strengths. Yeah, double down your strengths. You know, a lot of us try to, you know, we've been raised to think, oh, we need to work on our weaknesses. Okay, yeah. you need to work on them. But at the same time, your strengths are what sets you apart from everybody else. Yeah. Focus on those and then get somebody else to, to fill in for your weaknesses. Yeah, hire mm-hmm. out. Like, in Tessa's case, I mean, she did not enjoy doing the managing. She did not enjoy all the business side of things so yeah so she brought me in which was more my background and I understand that world and I do that better and she is really good at thinking outside the box and creating new products new ideas new 
systems for the lashes, that is. And my job was to think more of the customer service, the front desk experience, and the whole process of team hiring, HR, marketing, and all that. So we have different, very distinct roles, and, and be, both of us have our strengths. And be honest, I think we still need to hire eventually more people to help us because you and me can't keep doing everything. Mm-hmm. We need to bring other people in to oh, help yeah. carry that load. And we have. And we have more people carrying the load, and it's definitely made a big difference. Um, another thing, too, to remember, I think, about running a business, if you're, if you're not already, is really that day in and day out stuff is quite unglamorous. Mm. I, I think we, we, we see social media and we see companies doing great work and killing it and showing their, their vacations in and, and Hawaii or, or going to Japan or Europe or wherever they're going. And, and you think, well, that's, I want to be that person. I want to be that, you know, look like that when I'm working. Are you kidding? By the end of the day, I am so greasy. My hair is so fried and dried from my loops being pulled off. I, I do not look glamorous. Yeah. <laughs> I do not look glamorous. And I don't even look glamorous naturally. I just wake <laughs> up and I'm unglamorous from, from the get-go. But that said, the work we do... In fact, I guarantee you, everyone you see that you're you're envious of, and I pray and hope that you get learn a lot to be that way because it's a terrible way to live your life, is they're 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 working their butt off, but they're just not putting all the, that the hard work well, online. Who's gonna take pictures of your dirty underwear and put that on Instagram? Yeah. We all have dirty underwear, but it's like that's not what or people. I don't wear underwear. Okay. Too much information. Okay, sorry. I, I do. That's just me being lame. But yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, people aren't going to put the the, the the board meeting they had to sit through, or they're not going to talk about... Or the dust behind the, you know, you drop your tweezers behind, on the floor, and you there's like dust when you see, you know, yeah. you, you know no one's going to Or how to let that. go of an employee. You have to, oh, I'm going to have to let this person go. Either we don't have enough business, or I... You know, they've been causing trouble or that impl- that client that call and complain that says you all suck or that you know, the check that bounced from a client. Now you have to go back and ask them for the money. Or in our case, we actually had someone just literally buy a bunch of stuff on their last day here, gave us a bum check and walked out the door with like $600 worth of product with no intention ever to pay that. Mm-hmm. You know, those are the things you have to follow up and deal with. And it's no fun and it's unglamorous. And it's not stuff you're going to put online and say, hey, guys, hunting down money from another, you know, bad client, you know, I mean, that's just not, it's not good PR. That's really not what you share. And I think we got to realize that most people um, out there that are really doing well, it's because they're doing all the little things like, and, and not, and, and it's just boring as heck to see them do it every day, get up as, as Seth Godin says, carry the water, chop the wood. It's unglamorous, but if you do it over and over and over, over time, before you know it, before, when you all look back, it was like, wow, I just, painted the Mona Lisa. But if you saw me day in, day out showing up and painting, it was pretty boring. And I think the same thing with building a business, the day in, day out stuff, most of the stuff that we do is quite boring. I mean, doing clients all day for seven hours is not that exciting. But what's really cool is when you get the, the photo at the end and you show everyone online and everyone's all excited. Oh my gosh, that's beautiful. It's awesome. That is exciting. But you had to go through all day of doing lashes to get to that exciting moment. And, and I'm not saying that all work is unsatisfying. I'm not going to say think, say that. I mean, hopefully it's most of the work is. It's just not all glamorous. Yeah. And so when we see the glamour on Instagram, sometimes it can um, push that envy button on us. And we think, what a loser am I? My life doesn't look like that. Yeah, I'm not. My you work know, isn't glamorous I, like I must that. suck what's wrong. So I don't want you to judge your insides based upon everybody's outsides. Yeah. Okay. And, That's a good point. And yeah. And you, 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 don't, you don't judge others by, you know their social media feeds, you know, no. because it's, it's really the outside and yet you're comparing your insides to and, their outsides. Yeah. And just be okay that I'm just going to keep doing plotting along, build my business day by day and do the, the small things, do them well. And if you do the small things that a lot of people don't like doing and you do it well, eventually you're going to grow a really successful business because most people <clears throat> are, I think by nature, we kind of tend to be lazy and we don't want to do the small stuff. We just want things to be handed to us and you're going to set yourself apart. You know, if you're going in there and you're calling your clients two days later to check how their lashes went and you're doing that kind of hands-on customer service, you're going to set yourself apart. It won't be an overnight success, but you're going to be different if you're doing something like that. Or when they come in, like us, when they leave, we give them a, you know, some water, sparkling water. We give them a little baggie with our business cards and some spoolies and you know, we do little nice things like that. You know, that help them feel important. You know, if you do stuff like that every day, day in, day out, you're going to build loyalty and you're going to build a team. But it takes time and you have to be patient and it's not glamorous. I mean, 
yes, going to award shows and getting your trophy for best lashes or getting called out by the city as the best salon, those are great. But those, those are great. But those are the those are the highlights. I, I don't believe in this. There are people that like to post. If you love what you do, you'll never work another day in your life. I I I I want I to me that does that's a BS statement. There's nothing true about it. Because there's no way if you have employees that letting someone go or firing someone is fun. You can't be I can't wait to go to work. I get to fire someone today. No, that sucks. And that's part of my job as the GM of our company. As I it's been a while, it's been a couple years, but I've had to fire people in the past. I hate that part of my job, but it's just what I gotta do. Or talking to the disgruntled client. Thankfully, we maybe get one a month, but still, I don't like calling disgruntled clients. It sucks when I have to call them and I find out that we maybe made a mistake in the booking or maybe we cut the appointments short or maybe the lashes didn't hold up, but I hate doing it. Mm -hmm. But I have to do it. So don't tell me that, that somehow that every day you go to work, that every aspect of your job is you're singing Dixie and just like, it's perfect. It doesn't exist. So don't feel bad if you're going, wow, everyone else keeps posting this, you know, um, I love my job and I never work and it's been awesome and everything's perfect. That That's just PR, by the way. I think I just see that someone's just trying to sell a dream, an idea and get you excited or may motivate you, but don't feel bad. I think sometimes it works the other way. I think it discourages people. And I'd rather say, you know what? You do need to love your job. I think the majority has to be good. If you're hating 90% of your job, it's time to change careers. But if you're like, no, no, most days are great. Most of the stuff I do is fun. But yeah, there's stuff here and there where it's not so fun. And that's the stuff that you just put up with it. You just live with it and move on. Let's move on another idea here. If you want to work less, don't hire any employees. Mm. I really don't think people understand that by hiring employees and if you want to be a good employer, now you can be a bad employer and work less, mm -hmm. but if you want to be a good employer, you, you've got to, you, you're going to work more hours. You're, going to, you're not going to be putting in 30, 40 hour weeks if you have a staff mm -hmm. because they're relying on you to train and equip, kind of stuff we talked about earlier, investing in them, leading them, and all that stuff takes time and purpose. You can't just lead by the seat of your pants. You have to have to be purposeful. You got to think about, I got to do reviews. I got to do, sit down with everyone, check in how they're doing. So what that means, and, and, and just so that you can kind of budget your time for this, so if you are seeing five clients a day, you're yeah. going to have to budget at least three extra hours during yeah. that day to either be preparing and coaching and working with them. Yeah. So after you've done that, you've ne you need to make time to do that. You know, yeah, I, the other stuff. I mean, yeah. you're going to have to do reviews. Most people don't because I interview people all the time. So, so when's the last time you had a review? And they go, I've never had a review. Well, just as another tip, you really should have reviews. Your staff deserve to know how they're doing and what you think of their performance so that they can grow. It's also a chance for you to be a leader and coach them and teach them. Now, maybe you've never done it. It's okay. You'll start out bad and over time you'll learn, you'll get better. I still feel like this is an area that we're really growing mm -hmm. in. We have a lot of growth to, to learn to be a better coach mm -hmm. to help lead someone through a review. Mm -hmm. But you know, you also have to order product and you have to make sure that uh, the, the clients, any issues with clients are followed on and dealt with and you need to, to you know, do your bill and yeah, make just, sure the salon is clean. Make sure the salon's clean, and that you, if you have a company, do it. You have to check on their work you once have all in a while. The supplies that you need. Yeah, I mean the list goes on. I my to do list is like eight hundred items. <laughs> it's crazy, and um, I know that I'm never gonna get them all done. So I actually have a, a to do list I'm creating that's called things I'll never do. That's why I, I put it in there. It's like oh, okay, that's a great idea, but I'll never do it because I don't have time. And but the other stuff, I you know I just have to schedule and to be disciplined to focus on it and do it. And then like you said earlier. If, if you really want to do your job right, at some point you're going to have to back off the floor or part-time or full-time off the floor and be full-time managing or hire someone else to come in and be that person for you because your staff needs that leader. They need someone who's there rallying the troops, encouraging, supporting, and helping protect their rights and protecting them because a lot of times I think employees think, well, the owner cares about the employee or the clients, you know, the guests in the slot. But you're really what they really should hear is that all they care about is you. The employee. Mm -hmm. That's what their employees need to hear. You know what? They care more about me than any guest coming in through that door. Because guess what? If you take care of your staff, your staff will take care of the guest. You just need to first make sure that your priorities are in line. Take care of your clients or your staff. Make sure that they're loved. Make sure they have the support they need, encouragement, all that stuff. So then they can turn around and pass that on to the guests or the clients that come in your salon. Mm -hmm. And if you get that backwards, they'll let you, you'll see it happen. I mean, mm -hmm. we did. And eventually staff feels like, oh, I'm not important. All you care about is the clients. And they'll usually quit is what they'll yeah, do. Yeah, they'll go on to do their own thing. They'll go do their own thing. So 
Back to the original idea, if you're going to run your own salon and have employees, just prepare to work more if you want it to go well for you. If you don't care and you're like, hey, I got, I'm doing this as a hobby, I got another person that brings in plenty of money for me, so I don't need to make money, then yeah, yeah, then you know, work part-time, you can have a revolving door in your salon and lots of drama, no control over anything, and yeah, you can, you can survive. And, and, and you can even tell people, I have a great salon. No one will know any different. <laughs> so, but I think if you really want to run that slide, it's great. Take the time, you know, invest in your team and realize you're not doing this because you want to work less hours. On to another topic. There are some things I think that we feel that are just values you need to have if you're going to be a great Tell me. owner. Well, I think the first one is you need to be patient. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing happens quick. And I think in the age of Instagram, uh, we see things. We want it quick. Yeah, we see what other people have. Well, I want that. Mm-hmm. So I want it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to post videos of me and pretending I'm this. And yeah, there's this whole idea of faking until you make it. And I, I think there's some truth to it, but you got to be careful. You know, some things just take a long time to grow and that happen, like building a good team, building a big clientele, building a, a brand, like a product line. You know, those, these things take time. I guarantee you, no, none, no one you've seen has built a company and had huge success in two months. Most of them, it took years and years of hard work, patience, putting in the, like, again, chopping the wood, carrying the water, just doing the day-to-day grind. And before you know it, cut to three years later, like, wow, they've really, they've blown up. Yeah, it took three years, okay? It wasn't just overnight. Or in some people's cases, it takes five years. Or maybe other people take 10 years. Whatever it is, your journey, enjoy the ride and just be patient. Because I think patience does pay off as long as you know where you're going and you have your goals and you're making strides towards that goal. I mean, if you're going backwards and you know, you may have to change your goals, but being patient is good. And that way you also, you'll be less envious of others, you know, cause you know, eh, it's okay. I'll get there when I get there. I'm not in any race. I'm not trying to beat everyone else there. There's plenty of business out there for me to do what I'm doing. There's other, there's plenty of clients in the world. There's millions of women and men who the want, pie you know, is big enough. the pie That's is big That's what I like enough. to say. It is. Another thing that you want to do um, is you want to clothe yourself, um, clothe, clothe yourselves in humility. Yeah. Um, and that's a lesson that, that I try to, that's a coat that I try to put on every morning because it's not, it doesn't actually come natural to me. I, um, and so when you're humble though, you're, you're always looking at, you're approaching every situation that what could I have done different? Could, could it perhaps be me? Mm-hmm. that it is misunderstanding or uh, is, is not seeing things the way it clearly is. Yeah. If you always involve yourself in that equation that it could be me, um, it could be my attitude that needs to be adjusting, that's that's an attitude of humility. And it's going to serve you because there's been so many times where I think that I know the situation before I, I come into it. And I'm already coming in ready to crack skulls or whatever. Yeah. And it's not at all what I thought it was. And mm-hmm. if I had come in, you know, with guns blazing, I would have uh, blown everybody away and it would have been an ugly situation. I mean, for us, one of the things we do when something's wrong, and Mm -hmm. there's a way to show humility, is don't go in assuming anything. Go in first, ask questions. questions. Always ask. If someone misbooks, like say front desk makes a mistake and they misbook someone, or, you know, a staff member, you know, Let's say lets a client leave a half hour early for some reason. That's happened. And, you know, the first thing is like, why? Why, why did they do that? You know, what? you shouldn't. You're clients, cheating your client. You're cheating your client. You can't. I'm, you just want to get out of work early today. You know, that's the natural assumptions that I used to have always. Or if they miss book, like, I, I can't believe you booked this person here. This, we, we know that she never work, comes at nights and you booked her at night. She always comes in the morning and thus she's going to no-show or she no-showed because of that. And it's your fault. You did that. That's not how I do it. I always ask questions. I say, hey. You know, I saw that the client left early, but what's going on with the client? What happened? Yeah. And she goes, oh, the client needed to leave earlier. Her babysitter's called. She has to go home. So I said, okay. And I gave her by, by chance a little discount, you know, da, da, da. And it explained like, oh, okay. Because really the truth is, and really you have to remind yourself this, everyone who works in your company, if you hired well, they actually want the company to win. They're, they want to do the right thing. They want to do the right thing. No one's in the company going, I know today I'm going to wake up and screw Paul. Whoa. Yeah, no one's thinking that. They're thinking, no, I, I, I did this as best as I could with the information I had to make a decision. And sometimes because, you know, either because of bad training on my part or maybe just a bad decision on their part, you know, the things don't go right. And then, you know, we have to deal with the consequences or the front desk makes a mistake. I'll first say, hey, I saw this happen. You know, explain me what, what happened. And 99% of the time, like, well, we did this, da, 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 da. And they go through and you're like, 
Oh, I get it. I didn't mm-hmm. see that. I didn't, I'm so glad you explained that to me. Well, then you obviously know that that's not how we do things. And then I usually will coach them at that point if there's something coaching. But a lot of times during the explanation, they will coach themselves and say, well, I realized halfway through that I shouldn't have done that. And so I'm sorry, I, I messed up. But asking the question provides that opportunity. Yeah. And um, we all want people to believe the best about us. I mean, yes. that's actually true love. Yeah. Love is, um, it is never. Believes the best it in believes people. believes the best. Yeah. And it's not self-seeking, yeah. you know? So and learning to think best of people and have the highest view of them and assuming they're trying to do the right thing, I think is a smart thing. Now, be prepared for the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. I think if you're a smart business owner, you won't just, you won't assume they'll do the wrong, but you'll be prepared for it because... And then you, you coach you know, them up then in you that coach. situation. And that's where you have a chance to coach. So yeah, being humble, asking questions... These are high values. Like I said, in hiring, we're looking for humility. We have to remind ourselves to be humble. Mm-hmm. That's something else that Let's we always do. Let's talk about gratitude. Yeah, gratitude. This is a big one. And I think this is a key to actually happiness in general. Oh, it is. It is. And I am, um, you are a glass half full person. And I, I, I am, am a glass half, half empty person. Yes, and that is actually my nature. And I really have to work on that. And for me, that involves getting a good night's sleep, eating correctly, um, doing that kind of thing. Um, and also knowing that bent about myself. And mm-hmm. so one of the exercises that I do, um, whenever I feel a trigger about something that I'm irritated about, the first thing that I try to do is to say, take a step back and think, what am I thankful for? Because it is so easy for me to look at the dust speck and get so obsessed with that mm-hmm. that it blocks out anything else good that's happening. Yeah. So I'm trying to retrain myself to say, okay, I see that speck, but let's look around at the good things first, focus on those, and then I, I can coach myself out of that. Being thankful is not something that happens by accident. It has to be intentional. You have to remind yourself. You have to come up with systems again. Systems are always the key. The be, remind yourself, be grateful, show gratitude. Um, I think there's some people out there that just, they're naturally bent that way, but I think most of us aren't. Like We've done, tried this in the past, and it's sometimes worked, sometimes hasn't. But years ago, we used to have one day a week at Huddle, we always meet before we start our shift. And we would say, oh, well, I'll go around the room and share something that you're thankful for. Mm-hmm. And I could tell the team wasn't very excited about the idea. I mean, it went around the room and everyone usually went, I'm thankful for my family. It was just like, okay, nothing else, nothing That's okay. else. We were doing the exercise. We were trying, okay. but it showed me this is hard. It's, it's not hard. easy for people. And then when you ask them, they just kind of go, I don't know, my family, I guess. I'm thankful I'm not dead. I mean, I just like, they, people don't think about it very often. It's not a, a skill. So I, I mean, if you're not doing that, it's something really, I think I want to encourage you to do. I have two things I, I want to share with you. That I've heard from other what people that do. The first is just having a thankful diary or a grateful diary. And that's something that you can be a document on your computer or it can be something you write that's next to your bed instead of writing dear diary. You can just say, you know, I'm going to write down at the end of the day, like, two things I'm thankful for. And just, and by the way, if you can share that with someone, then, you know, huh. share someone say, Hey, by the way, I'm thankful for you. Hey, I saw you did this. You know, your team, if you have a team is waiting to hear from you all the time, how grateful and how cool they are. And so having that diary will help you think of those things. Then the second thing, which I haven't done, I'm going to do this. It's on my to-do list. And I love, I can't wait to do this is create all the people in your life, a spreadsheet, put all the people Ooh, in there. A good project. All the people that are in your life, work, family, you know, friends, parents, whatever, just write all their names in there and then put, um, you know, just at that point, that's all you have. Then you have the columns next to it on the spreadsheet and you put dates up there. Mm-hmm. And when you, you, what you should try to do, this person says every week, at least thank two, three, four people, whatever that number is, but not just work. Thank some people, your kids, thank your wife, thank your husband, thank a sister, a brother, a mom, dad, a friend, you know, people have influenced you, who've helped you. And every week when you thank them, you just go on that spreadsheet and go, oh, it's day is 27th, like February 27th. I thank Tusney. Uh, you don't need to say what about, you just say I thanked her. Mm-hmm. And then you try put that date in there. And then you go in and you go, you shouldn't, I think they were saying you shouldn't go more than two weeks without thanking someone. Ooh, that's a good So that means twice a month, you're going to be intentional and you're going to keep track of who you're thanking and you're going to go, oh, I haven't thanked, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah in a long time. I need to go and say something to her because, you know what, I am grateful that she's here and I'm thankful for what she does in my life and I'm going to go and thank her. And now you have a system that 
really communicates what you feel inside, but you're keeping yourself accountable. Yeah. And so I love it. It's definitely one of those things that's been on my to-do list. And it'll probably start small with just family and work. But then I, I want to add some friends and some other people, influencers and people in my life who I read or follow, who I really look up to. And I want to send them once in a while a thank you note for what they do. And not just once a year, but do it more regularly. We should do that. And we should even do that on the show. Yeah. We should have a thankful card, a gratitude corner. Yeah. With gratitude. little chimes. Little t- ching, 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 ching. It's gratitude time. Oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I'm serious. Uh, maybe not that sound effect, but that said, yes, I think saying something that we're thankful for, that sounds like a sound effect. Yeah. Ching, chong, 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 chong. That doesn't sound chimes. I've tried to make a chimes out. Yeah. Anyway, since we're talking about this, it kind of leads into the next thing. It's one thing that's kind of close to my heart. I. As you grow your business, I think it's super important that we give honor and gratitude to where it's due. Those who have uh, fortified our lives to equip us to be in the place that we are now. Yeah, It's painful. Sometimes I see online, you can see where there was a team of people that once worked together and then something happened and they broke apart. And now you see a bunch of the same people that worked in one place now at a new place. And that's great. Great be- new beginnings are fantastic, and new endeavors and new relationships are are fantastic. But I want to encourage everyone to remember to give honor to to those who you mm-hmm. worked for and worked with alongside in the past that have helped shape who you are. Yeah. Um. And and to say thank you for that because it's um, that's good for our own characters, right? It's just yeah. like what we're talking about about being being grateful. Um, and just know that sometimes those pictures of inclusion, even though you're trying to show everybody else, you've got a new thing going, it can be painful to the people that you, they're no longer working with them anymore. Mm-hmm. And so you don't want people to feel bad when they're, they're looking at pictures. Maybe, maybe you do, and that's on, pers- on purpose <laughs> and, you, and you got to work through that. That's another you know? issue. <laughs> but you know, if you want to encourage, be encouraging, be, um, and grow your own character, be thankful and, and give honor to those where honor is due. Absolutely. I think, and we'll hit one more point and we'll mm. wrap this up because we're running out of time and Tessa has a client like in six minutes. So Ooh, we got okay, to wrap this up. If you want to make it big in this industry, in any industry, you got to be willing to sacrifice something. Mm. I really don't feel that anyone that you see and look up to right now who's doing great work and has a big following and has uh, social media and maybe has a big business, a lot of employees and a lot of big product lines. None of these people did it by working 20 hours a week. They all did it by sacrificing their hours, their sleep, their relationships, their family. Um, it's just part of what it is in life. That's what the world demands of you. If you want to make something big, you cannot you want to make a difference. If you want to cre- create influence, Anything worthwhile takes that investment. It's not yeah. just going to happen in a vacuum. Yeah. I mean, you look at, you know, Kelly Baker, Gary Vee, or any big brand name, you know, think of Borboletta. I guarantee you, if you talk to Kim, you're going to hear the sacrifices that she made to build Borboletta, that well, she didn't just do it like, you know, working 10, 20, 30 hours a week. She had to travel all over the time and she had to, I'm sure, make financial sacrifices and just do things to get Borboletta where it is today. Or even listen to um, Lash Boss Radio. Shelby yeah. interviews um, lots of different Lash Bosses. And almost all of them say, you know, what do you do outside of work? Yeah. Some people, you know, I, I like this, I like that. But most people are like, nothing, really. Yeah. I, do you have any hobbies? I, nope. My life is work. I'm yeah. working seven days a week. If I'm not doing this, I'm not, do, you know, I'm yeah. working on that. And that's a good example. You know, if you, if you really want to make a difference, it really re- requires the time. Yeah. No, if you want to be a big influencer or you want to have a big product line, I mean, by the way, there's other options out there. It's not always have to be the biggest. You can actually do quite well in life, find your little niche in the world and say, you know what? I'm just going to be a regional supplier and I'm going to work, limit my hours and I'm going to just have a couple employees and you can control that and be very successful and, and be very strategic, actually, I'd say, and say, no, I don't want to get into the rat race. I don't want to be getting to try to be b- bigger than everyone else. I'm going to be okay just building this, this goal, ideal little dream, this little company. This little you, boat. This boat, and be content with it. Because you know what? That's all I was aiming for. And if I aim and build that, I know it'll, it'll take care of my family. It'll give me the flexibility I'm looking for. That is great, and be satisfied with that. But don't complain then if you're like, I don't understand why I'm not as big as that person down the street. She's got all this, da 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 da, and you know they go off their list of all the things they're seeing, and they're, they're almost like bitter and angry because they sacrificed so much to get there. You don't understand. They didn't just 
spend, you know, 30 hours a week. You've decided that you wanted to work 30 hours a week. So then be content with what you get with that. And you can have a great life and a very happy life and a very successful business. But then you see someone else, ha- yeah, you know, You different. don't have to look like everybody else. It's, it's yeah. right for you, a smaller business. Exactly. It's right so, for you. So just know what you're building, I guess, is the, is the wisdom here. And then be happy with what you're building. And don't then look at someone else who has it bigger or better than you in your mind and somehow say, well, then that's not fair. And just know, be encouraged that everyone is having struggles. Yep. Everyone is is hurting in some way or another. You're not alone in that. Um, it's not everybody else succeeding and you're the only weirdo no. or, 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 or we're reject. All we're all in You're it. not a reject, believe me. No. Um, we're all struggling in the same ways too. We all so, are. And so that's, be encouraged, my it's friends. It's okay. It's okay to struggle. It's okay to be human. And it's okay to you know sometimes feel like giving up. Those are all normal, natural feelings. And so today, hopefully you know that you're not alone and maybe you'll want to fight a little harder. And Or if you're thinking about being a business owner and you, this hopefully either one persuaded you, yep, yeah, I'm ready for this. I'm doing it. Or maybe if you're thinking about like, oh, maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I should be content with what I have right now. There's I'm, no rush, okay? Yeah. There's no rush. And if you ever want questions or want to you know, run something by us, you know, we're still available. You can DM us. We love talking to you guys and giving you our feedback. Um, I'd love to help. So that's pretty much it. Thank you so much. And I got to run. Tess has so got to run. And I'll y'all. wrap this we'll all up. Talk to you next time. We'd love to continue this discussion online via social media. Please follow us on Instagram at Integrity Lash and at LashCast Podcast. And also remember to subscribe, review, and share a podcast. On behalf of our engineer, Britton, as well as my Lash expert, Tusney, and our Lash expert that's on assignment, Erica, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to listen today. Keep on lashing, and remember, you have a friend in the lash industry.